From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged for May 27th, 2008. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined as always by my good friends, Corey Martin, Julie Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. We have a lot to tell you about this week. Kevin Close is going to have his review of the Sand Trap Bar and Grill at the Osprey Ridge Golf Club. Uh, Corey and I were on hand last week for the grand opening of the Simpsons ride over at Universal. We'll have a report on that. And John and Kevin were on hand last week for the opening of Toy Story Mania at Disney's uh, Hollywood Studios. They'll have some for that, uh, some information on that for us. Plus, we have the top news stories from this past week, as well as lots of other tidbits. But first, we do have a few housekeeping items to get to, so we're going to start with that. And uh, first, welcome back to the show, everybody. It's been a, a month since we've really sat down and done a regular show, and it uh, feels really, really good to be back behind the mic again watching Figaro chase something under a door. <laughs> Is it alive? I don't know, but... <laughs> There's a wicker chair over here that he's systematically taking apart. Oh, yeah, he just he does that to all my wicker. That's uh, what that's what uh, Will sits in one of these days. He's going to sit in it. <laughs> it's going like, to collapse. <laughs> oh, yeah, Figaro, lo- even though I've got like a, you know the scratch post for him out there, oh. he never uses it, never touches it. No, all the wicker. Yes, he uses he- our dining room chairs when he comes and stays yeah, with us. It's crazy. But... Uh, we, uh, we have some new toys here in the studio. Actually, we have uh, a couple of really cool new toys. Uh, one of them is uh, what's called an Instant Replay by 360 Systems. You can go look that up and see what it looks like. It's really cool. It allows me to uh, insert lots of uh, different sounds and effects and audio into the show while we're recording. Um, something I've wanted to do for a while. And, uh, you know, we can do things like uh, this. Don't you know nothing? <laughs> Or Pierre Joot. <laughs> we are going to make sure that Bob lives on on the show. And uh, we have actually, I've got a whole bunch of different sound effects. This thing is fantastic. It holds like a thousand different sound effects in it. You're going to be happy fingers over there. Oh, I'm loving this thing. I've got all the power here. I've got all the power. <laughs> if I don't like what you say. Um. Don't you know nothing? When are you going away again? Don't you know nothing? <laughs> I can't wait to get behind that thing. Now. Yeah, this thing. They, they, and I, I have just barely scratched the surface with this thing. I just really started getting it working. We had to spend some time before we actually recorded today to try and arrange some of the equipment. But uh, that's one of the toys we've picked up. And actually, we're going to do something really cool with this. We're actually going to use this to replace the prize envelopes. We're going to record... Uh, different prizes and assign the same thing. This thing has 50 buttons on the front of it. And uh, we're going to assign a different prize to each button. And instead of picking an envelope, you're going to pick a button. And just a little different way to do the uh, the prize envelopes. We went from no tech to high tech. Yeah, it's, I feel like I'm sitting like behind the, uh, like on the bridge of the Enterprise right now. And the other thing that we that we, we bought, which I've got working, but it still needs some, some tweaking and adjusting before we're actually going to be ready to use it on the show is a talk show system. Uh, in the next few weeks, as soon as, like I said, it gets all set up and taken care of, um, 
we have six lines, six phone lines now coming into the studio. And uh, we're going to let you guys call in while we're recording and take your calls in real time on the show. Obviously not live, but uh, we'll take your calls in real time on the show. So we can still edit stuff out if we don't like them? Oh, of course. Oh, good. <laughs> or if you're dull. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's a, that's a way to boost up their confidence. <laughs> I wasn't talking about them. I was talking about him. Oh, if I'm dull? Oh, if he's dull. Okay. I thought you meant our, our listeners. I'm like, well, that's I would never nice. say that about them. Um, yeah, we actually have a really good... I got a good 800 number, 877-4-DIS-LIVE is, wow. our, uh, is our toll-free number. Don't start calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy Triceratops, stop dialing the phone. <laughs> Just call it now. I think it's Mommy Ceratops, not Triceratops. Oh, I know. <laughs> Get I Kim's name right. Sorry. Don't you know nothing? Sorry, Kim. <laughs> oh, really? That's, see? Don't you know nothing? That's a perfect <laughs> opportunity for that. <laughs> See, I got that, that's what I got to get used to too. But you can like you can do like stuff on the fly. You with have to this become too. quick fingers. Very, yeah. I, I feel like I always have to have like my hand over here to hit, <laughs> to hit something. But uh, so yeah, we so we've got some some really cool new toys. Like I said, the the, uh, the talk show thing will be uh, that's a couple of weeks away. Um, I really do need to get an audio engineer in here to kind of run these wires again and make sure everything's set up properly because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm plugging stuff in all sorts of. Jackson, who the heck knows what it's doing? Poor Julie's, poor Julie's deaf in one ear because I, I, had, I didn't set something right. She had her headphones on. I played something and it like blasted her into next week. The poor. Just hoping thing. I don't get caught up in this web of wires back here. Oh yeah, this. Yo, I need to get a, I need to get a rack to put all the equipment into, um, because it's like right now just sitting all over the place and there are wires everywhere and it's really. Uh, People were discussing what the studio looks like. What they imagine us. What they imagine us sitting at, and what the studio looks like. Did you see what they thought Corey wears? No. My husband is not a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he likes computers and all, but he does not wear plaid polo button-up shirts. <laughs> wearing plaid shorts. That is not plaid. Stripey. Stripey beach shorts or whatever. Uh, you I, stand corrected. I thought it was <laughs> funny that when they thought we were in Pete's dining room, he said, I, I, I picture it with having ch- um, chair rails and everything is spotless and a china closet. <laughs> there is a china cabinet. you have never been to my house. Apparently they think we recorded in Monticello. They were also, <laughs> it was also how we were sitting next to each other. Most people don't know that Pete announces it how we're sitting right. yeah. clockwise. But yeah, he does it clockwise. So Julie's to his left and then around the table. Okay, how come I can't log into my network? <laughs> I'll worry about it later. I'm all upset if I, if I don't have internet access in front of me while I'm doing the show. I'm like lost. So, so yeah, we got some new toys. It's really cool. So we got and we have some new segments that we're going to be uh, be introducing over the next several weeks. Like I said, we'll do the talk show thing and. All that stuff. And uh, what else do we have for housekeeping? I don't know. You said we had a long list, and now I can't I know, and we, we, we do. We do. We did. I have the letter from our cheese man, John Carpenter. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got a lot of nice stuff delivered. Yeah, we did Let's get a lot sure we... of nice presents delivered. We just have never actually thanked him for sending the cheese. And his, it's quite funny what he wrote here. Um, one of my favorite things he says is, as I put the package together this morning, which was April 28th, I started to ponder on why a grown man would run around picking up different cheeses, find a way to keep them fresh while sending them to Florida, and spend the money for next day air delivery. <laughs> 
Um, he says the answer is twofold to say thank you. I've listened to your podcast for nearly two years and look forward to spending a couple of hours with you all every week. I know you dedicate a significant amount of time in putting this show together. This is a small way that I can personally say thanks for all your hard work. And number two was to share. You as a team get to share your love of Disney and other Orlando experiences. We, the audience, get the benefit of hearing about the place where we love to go. This small gift gives me a chance to share something enjoyable from where I live. After all, I can't share the joy of the weather here in Wisconsin. It snowed this morning. (laughs) But I can share good food. And it was from him and his wife, Jenny, and their son, Caleb. Very nice. Thank you so much. And they sent a picture of themselves. Thank you. Very, very nice. That was very nice of you to do that. We brought the cheese to the podcast meet and shared it with some people that were there. That's cool. They were good. It was. We also had a box of stuff hand-delivered to our post office box, some H2O products from the cruise. And, Julie, you have the card from them. Um, just That a, was from our friend Yvette in the Netherlands, right? Correct. Emil and, Emil and Yvette Van Leeuwen. Can you read the part where they talk about what they included for Bob? Oh, in honor of Bob and his love for NASA, I wanted to do something special. I put his name on a list that goes on a microchip. The microchip will be placed on the LRO that goes to the moon in, on, in June. See the certificate enclosed. So Bob is going to the moon. It's a lunar robotic operation. Or, or, orbiter. orbiter. Lunar robotic orbiter. We have, uh, we have the uh, certificate. We'll scan that so people can and see put that it. In. Yeah, it's really I cool. love, she always signs everything, like emails, whatever. Greets and love. I have to tell <laughs> you, we called um, Diana and Brian. The day we got this. Yeah. And I cannot tell you how excited they were. Yeah, Brian was very, very excited about that. They thought this was uh, among the coolest things they had heard. It's very cool that someone listened that closely and took the time to think about it. It was really special. And I have to tell you how much Bob would have loved this. Oh, my. He would have loved that to no end. (laughs) He probably didn't know it existed or he would have been on it anyway. Yeah. Do you know, I saw something on TV last night where they're showing the first, like, footage that they have of the first missions to the moon. It's going to be showing it in HD. It's like a six or seven part series going on on one of the Discovery channels. I'm like, oh, Bob would have loved that because I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm going to watch Sex in the City. (laughs) And then when Corey and I got back from our trip, we had a box of Mrs. Field cookies on our doorstep mm-hmm. from Nikki Bell. It's in a really cute basket. Thank you, Nikki. Do you guys have the box that these things came in so you can let the folks know what that's about? Oh. And we have a box from a goofy mom down the back. She sent us the um, stress berries. They look like little blackberries, but they're... <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're soft. <laughs> they're foam. Yeah. And they actually look like a real blackberry. They do. I thought she had sent us phones. I was That's like, how thought- nice is that? I'm like, wow. <laughs> we all have phones. We don't need them. Yeah, really. You don't send We're us good phones. On phones. There are bags of chip nuts in here and coffee. Tim's Horton coffee. Crunchy potato chip coating on these nuts. Very, very nice. Wow. That's very nice of you. Thank you. Very, very nice. We also got a box of like summer sausage and cheeses delivered to the house, and I forgot to bring them. Do and you, I love summer sausage. I know. I'm sorry. And it's summer. It's like one of my favorite things no, in the world. No, I don't remember who it was. Specked was the last name. But I, I apologize. I, don't, I didn't bring the box. Yeah. So I don't have the information with me. Someone sent us a really nice box of stuff. We'll make sure we mention that next week. Thank you all very much. Yeah, very, very much, guys. It's really cool. We're not beggars, really. I mean... We're really not. (laughs) It's like overwhelming now. Yeah. This is very special and very nice. Please don't think you have to send us anything. Yeah, really. Really, no. We we appreciate it, though. It's really really cool. Um, One thing I did want to mention that we are going to be doing, um, we're going to do... 
I'm coming up with some ideas for fundraisers um, that we can do uh, in Bob's uh, in Bob's memory. And remember, uh, we we had redesigned the Diz Unplugged T-shirts. Um, well, we're going to be releasing the new Diz Unplugged T-shirt along with a few other ones uh, for sale. They're going to go up. For, they're going to go on sale for twenty four ninety five. I'm not sure when. Probably about another two to three weeks. Um, they're going to go on sale for twenty four ninety five with all of the proceeds going to give kids the world. I think um, that's awesome. I that's think great. that would be a cool. And when I say all the proceeds, uh, the only thing not going is the cost of the actual shirt and the uh, the postage. Um, one hundred percent of the of, of whatever is left over, which will be a substantial amount because we're getting the shirts at a pretty decent price. But they're good shirts. They're much better than the ones at Cafe Press. They're going to wear a lot better. It's the new design, the new Diz Unplugged design that Will and Corey came up with. It's really cool. It is. It's a nice shirt. I wear them a lot. I do, too. And uh, I've worn them and washed them. It's stylish. Many, many times. And they'll be in big sizes. We get that question a lot. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they have to be. Well, just for us, <laughs> the three of us, we need, we need the full figure. He's talking about you, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Julie wears like size negative three. <laughs> But uh, I'm on the scale. Now there was another. <laughs> She's finally in it for the positive. <laughs> we went away one time and we brought back T-shirts and I held up the T-shirt that we bought for Julie, and John and I were kind of guesstimating what size it is. And my mother looks at me and she says, "You know somebody that size?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, and, and now another idea I had, and I'll just kind of throw this out there. Um, for a fundraiser. I have no idea how this would work. This just kind of came to me one night last week. But what if we did the Bob Golf Invitational? We do a golfing fundraiser, but everybody plays Bob Golf. Sounds awful. Yeah, I hate have golf. Got, have you got those? <laughs> no, I'm not saying us. I'm not saying us. I'm saying other people. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, this yeah, is like that. I get to sit in the shade under a tree. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I'll draw the beer card. <laughs> Play the applause, I'll stay but. home and you can tell me about it. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought doing something with that, as I was, as, as I was doing the uh, memorial show last week and I was listening to the Bob Golf segment, I'm like, that would be kind of cool. Bob would really like that. So... I'm thinking, you know, just coming up with some ideas for some different fundraisers, yeah. something something fun and cool to do. Um, the T-shirts we're definitely going to do. Don't hold me to the whole Bob Golf Invitational because I that kind of went over like a, a lead balloon. <laughs> do you have the sound effect like, for a lead balloon? I don't. Unfortunately, we can use this. Oh, I'm in the. I'm sorry. I'm in, I'm in the wrong mode here. <laughs> Damn it! Stop it! <laughs> oh no! No, that's not the right one. <laughs> I was messing with the uh, I was messing with the buttons, and this is what I get for doing that. All right, hold on a second. I got to reset this now. The only thing that sounded more fun than the Bob Golf thing was that fishing trip y'all wanted to go on. Oh, that would be fun. I though. still want to do that. You should. No, I just think it'd be hilarious to see y'all fishing. Or we can catch the fish. And, yeah. It would be what? It would be hilarious. Well, is it hilarious? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> if I go, I'm taking a book. <laughs> no, a book you have to fishing? have a pole, and I want you to put my worm on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> None of that bothers me. It's the getting up early that bothers me. Can we fish at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Really? Fish don't bite then. Oh. Uh, what are they doing about 7 p.m.? <laughs> Sleeping. <laughs> 
Oh, all right. So that's enough for housekeeping, because that's gone on for 17 minutes. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and get some of the news stories out of the way. Our first news story uh, this week, Disney and Google are teaming up to create virtual tours of the four Walt Disney World theme parks as part of uh, Google Earth. If you haven't checked Google Earth out, it's a free download from Google. Um, it literally shows you it's like satellite photos of virtually every place on Earth. And uh, upon its completion, it will feature 1,500 3D clickable maps of every attraction, resort, and restaurant on property. Hmm. A team of eight photographers spent 10 days photographing all aspects of the parks. And uh, the pics were then taken and put into a 3D format. And during the startup phase, it'll just be exterior shots with interiors to be added later on. And they're also going to be doing a similar project for... Uh, Disneyland Paris, which I thought I thought it was very creative. It sounds really cool. It's amazing. Really, I can't I think, wait. I'm surprised it only took eight of them ten days. I mean, that's a lot. They of were pictures. working nonstop. They yeah, I bet it. they were working like sixteen-hour days doing yeah, that. Wow. But uh, so I thought that was really cool. I thought you know, I can't wait to see that in action. It's going to add a really great level of trip planning for people. Oh yeah, because people who have no idea about the park or something new and they really want to get that feel for it. I think it's going to be terrific. Exactly. That. Now, do they take the people out of it? I mean, or do they? I don't know. Is it just the building? I guess we'll have to wait until we huh. see. I don't know. It's funny. I went on Google Earth one time to see our house, and we live in a fairly busy neighborhood, and there's no people in it anywhere. Hmm. And, I mean, you can see our cars, and, well, you can see the top of our house. You can't see the front of it or anything. Now, some of these shots are old, because I looked up Seven Dwarfs Lane, and the houses were still in construction. Yeah. Were there people constructing yeah. them? They're, they're only updated every so often. It's not like a you know a constant update, um, but they do have. Uh, I mean, I, I've always I, I use Google Earth all the time when I'm bored. You know, want to see Disneyland. <laughs> uh, when I want to see Disneyland, something like that, you know, just it, it's really cool. Google yeah. Earth is a lot of fun. If you want to blow a few hours just seeing satellite photos, everybody goes and looks up their house. Mm-hmm. But they do, you know, now they, now they change, I know they changed mine because originally uh, they had uh, a shot of my house with Walter's old truck uh, in the driveway. And now it's just, you just see my big yep. gas guzzling expedition, which I am desperate to get rid of. Now you're talking about the aerial views that they have right. on Google Maps, right? I don't think that's the same thing as Google Earth, is it? Well, that is Google Earth, yeah. That's Google Earth. So the ones we're talking about with Disney, with Disney and uh, Disneyland Paris, that's the... Uh, that's the aerial shot they're doing? Or they're doing I don't know. Uh, I, have, I, I really have no idea how they're going to do I'm sure. I thought they were doing from the ground. Well, I think what's going to happen can... I, well, I think what's gonna happen is you zoom into it, and then when you click on something, you get the whole 3D image thing okay. comes Maybe out. Maybe they did both. Yeah. Um, but Google Earth is not, a, is not a, 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 an eye perspective. It's, a, it's an aerial perspective. It's a satellite shot. So, But it should be cool. We'll, we'll uh, definitely let you know when, when, that's, uh, when that's online. Now, uh, our next news story, uh, Disney Cruise Line is back in California. The Magic has returned to the Port of Los Angeles to commence summer sailings to Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, and Mazatlan. Uh, Disney Cruise Line last called Los Angeles home three years ago when it, was for, when it first crossed the Panama Canal for a summer stint in California. And there is still availability for this year's sailings with rates starting at fourteen forty nine per person. That seems high. It, these are expensive. 
Yeah, right. but usually you figure by now this close out that they'd start dumping them like they did with the transatlantic. There's very few. No, there's very few of these cruises. So that they really sold them out. They've sold them oh, out. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Um, almost every cruise is in guarantee status. There's very few cruises where you can find actual staterooms. There was more availability for the early ones in the next couple of weeks, the end of the summer, before the ship returns to Port Canaveral. They get even more crowded. Wow. Oh, good. The presence of Disney in Los Angeles is expected to generate $1 million in revenue at each port of call. The economic boost is attributed to purchases made by both cruise guests and crew. Local authorities are hopeful that Disney will become a permanent fixture in the future out in Los Angeles. And while DCL has not made any commitments to that, it has indicated that it is in talks with various ports for when the two new ships join its fleet. We're hearing that there's absolutely going to be a ship out in California. So, I mean, Disney's not confirming it, but I think it's a pretty safe bet that's where one of those ships is going to, or at least one ship is going to end up. We've, we, they've also opened that, uh, that office in England, which leads us to believe that there'll be a president, a president. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, okay. There'll be a presence in Europe. I don't know if it'll be a full-time presence, but right. at least occasionally. Nope. Yep. I just have no segue out of that. <laughs> All right. Now, our last news story, Disney gets fined after a ride accident. The Occupational Safety and Health Administration found five violations during its investigation of Animal Kingdom's primeval world attraction. This ride was the site of an accident on November 24th involving a Disney employee, which resulted in a fatality. OSHA stated that an employee who was working on an elevated platform dispatched a roller coaster, then went back to the coaster to assist some guests. And while she was assisting them, uh, the roller coaster, I guess, lurched and struck struck her, pushing her 10 feet onto the ground. She fell uh, 32 inches from the roller coaster to ground level, hit her head, and ultimately that is what uh, caused, her, caused her death. Of the various violations, three were termed serious. One was a repeat violation and one was paperwork-related. The absence of machine guarding was directly attributed to the accident. Uh, this lack of protection for the ride operator resulted in a $7,000 fine. And following the accident, Disney stated that the cast member in question, the cast member that passed away, was in an area which was designed, designated as prohibited while the ride was in motion. They have since installed sensors which shut the attraction down if someone enters that area. Other citations include a $7,500 fine, for not adding a stairwell railing as required following a July inspection of last year, as well as a $3,000 fine for noncompliance with mandated record-keeping. Record very, very rare that Disney ever gets fined by OSHA. They need uh, to shut that accidents. thing down. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a crappy ride. It is. Primeval Hurl. <laughs> Primeval Hurl. <laughs> so, yeah, but very rare, though. That I mean, usually these accidents are because somebody's doing something stupid. In this case, though... It looks like Disney should have uh, taken a little, little more action. Well, this is a ride that Disney purchased. This is yeah. From, this is like an off the an off the shelf type of ride. Right. They go to a company. They they take the ride. Of course, Disney did all the theming for it. So, I mean, that I think that might have something to do with it. In that, you know, the person who designed the actual ride itself didn't put these safety features in. Yeah. But still, it's a tragedy. Just sad. It is. It is so. But that'll do it for the news this week, folks. We're going to move on to our rapid fire segment. And who would like to go first? I will. Go ahead, Miss Julie. 
The 13th annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival is going to take place September 26th through November 9th of this year. And the theme was just announced. It's Cities in Wonderland. The festival is going to feature cuisine from foodie cities such as Cork, Ireland, Shanghai, China, Cape Town, South Africa, Bologna, Italy, Mexico City, Mexico, Tokyo, Japan, and Marrakesh, Morocco. The Eat to the Beat concert is also going to feature some new acts in Vogue, Spyro Gyra, David Sanborn, and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, who I like. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of them. They're a swing mm-hmm. band. And some of the favorites are returning, like John Cicada. Boring. <laughs> cool and the Gang and Otis the Day. The visual of that was eyes rolling. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can picture is that horrible video where he's like running behind a bus or something. I don't know. Anyway, but Cool and the Gang will also return, as well as Otis Day and the Nights. It seems funny that we're talking about food and wine already, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and really. It's from September to November now. I know. I love that. But I just thought people would be excited to know what the theme was, because I know people plan their trip around it. Sorry, I'm playing with my... (laughs) He's playing with buttons. I'm playing with buttons here. (laughs) You looking for a rapid-fire button or something? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I wanted. When she said John Cicada, that's what I wanted to hit. <laughs> We're going to work on our timing. <laughs> Welcome to Delayed Reaction Fire. <laughs> Put some crickets in there. Uh, no, no hotkey assigned. Damn. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I am scrolling through, I don't know. Some Jeopardy music. There you go. Okay, they don't sound like crickets to me. It sounds like the noise, the noise your car makes. <laughs> Those are computer My crickets. My fan belt is too tight. <laughs> yeah, you know, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, retail therapy, you guys, uh, I thought I was bad, but you, you take the cake. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Corey, you're having fire? <laughs> what, did you, what did you go out and buy? Uh, on the way home from the last podcast, we went and bought a 2005 PT Cruiser Dream Cruiser convertible. I'm not. We're, we're just going to go look. Really cool car. We're not buying a car. That's what I was told. He always says that. Well, I drove the car home. <laughs> <laughs> so we did buy it. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful car. You know, I like the convertible better than the standard one. I agree. I don't think we would have bought one that was not a convertible. You know, it's you have we have all the excuses. We wanted something with better gas mileage that just the two of us were going to take around instead of the big truck. And we wanted something that was fun. We didn't want something that was, you know, just a plain old car. So I can't wait to see you guys like whizzing down the road with your top down. Not that I live in your part of the woods, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll see it today when we leave. I don't know how fast we'll get whizzing or anything, but right up to the stop sign. And what's really funny is John has one of those complexions where he burns under fluorescent lights. Oh, no, gosh. Yeah. So before we go out, we have to slather him with sunscreen. You need to put some in your glove box. Yeah. I have SPF 1 million on, and I still have burns. <laughs> he still burned. Yeah, his face is all red. So, so that was fun. It is fun. Cool. All right, Mr. Martin, what's your rapid fire? just want to let people know that uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is going to be closed from June 5th through June 18th. At the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. Also, at Disneyland, Indiana Jones has the Summer of Hidden Mysteries. The park visitors get a collectible map to seek and solve riddles throughout Adventureland. The clues are located um, in Adventureland 
including the Jungle Cruise, and will lead to a code which will allow access to special Indiana Jones online content, getting people from the parks to go back online. And there's also Indiana Jones and the Secret of the Stone Tiger taking place at Aladdin's Oasis. This show will involve guests in finding clues and figuring out codes which will lead to an appearance by Indiana Jones. These are performed several times a day. And there's also photo ops with movie props and... <laughs> photo ops with movie props. I like that. <laughs> and appearances by uh, Indiana Jones himself. I can't wait till they do Indiana Jones and the AARP ride. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, in the, like, the previews that I've seen on TV and then seeing his interviews like on Letterman and stuff, they're using a lot of makeup on him. Yeah, Indiana yeah. Jones and the quest for social security. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and also, I've been getting a lot of emails in the feedback account about people asking the dates for gay days. It is June 3rd through June 9th. Um, June 5th is going to be at the Animal Kingdom. June 6th, Hollywood Studios. June 7th, the Magic Kingdom. And June 8th, Epcot. So, there you go. The 7th is going to be really crowded and really yeah. hot. Just so you know. True. Cool. Thank you, Corey. Mr. Close. We went to, uh, I have a little mini review. We went to the redone Wolfgang Puck Cafe at Downtown Disney. We haven't been there since they uh, closed for rehab and reopened. And I have to say, at one time, we were fans of Wolfgang Puck Cafe. Now, this is not the restaurant where the Robert Palmer girls work. This is (laughs) the cafe in Downtown Disney near the Christmas shop. Uh, We liked it at one time, and then it went through a bad phase. It seemed that they had taken the concept and kept tweaking it and taking things away from it until it was a shadow of its former self. The food wasn't good. The service wasn't good. They weren't quite sure what they wanted to do. Well, they've closed and revamped the entire thing. They've enclosed the seating area, which used to be open, Mm -hmm. and air-conditioned it. We were there yesterday. And the air conditioning works just fine. It was so cold in there, we had to go outside. Uh, They've revamped the line. They've revamped the place where you get your soft drinks. And all in all, there were four of us. And all four of us walked away saying they did a great job. It looks really nice. It looks great. You guys went over there, too? Well, we saw it uh, last couple couple weeks ago. I went in there. I was taking photos. And people came out the woodwork. What are you taking photos of? They have expanded the menu. They have. Uh, they, there's still an outdoor seating area. There's more seating inside. They've streamlined the entire process. There's no more of that line from you know where. So, all in all, great job. Yeah, Wolfgang Puck's trying to get away from these bright colors that they've that they've always had, and they're going with more like of a wood, earth darker tones, earth tones. It's really a nice addition to downtown. Looks very Disney. nice. You guys, I always like Wolfgang Puck. I, I did. Well, we did too. But if you hadn't been there in the last the last year or so, it wasn't great. So they get uh, <laughs> golf a pipes. sitting O. You guys used to love it, I know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it went downhill. You the rotisserie try chicken with the garlic The menu is definitely a lot more extensive, the for sure. The rotisserie chicken is back. It is terrific. They're nice job. The rosemary. Is it rosemary, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good. They've got some new sandwiches. John and I each tried one of their sandwiches. John had a, a chicken aioli Delete. sandwich, and I had a chipotle chicken melt. And <laughs> you're gonna be crazy with that. I'm out. Please. <laughs> it was really good. So all in all, if you're at Downtown Disney, it's a uh, it's. We always thought Wolfgang or um, Earl of Sandwich. The last couple of 
the last months, we thought Wolf or Earl of Sandwich was the place to go. Wolfgang Puck is back, and it's as it's better than it used to be. Cool. I'm now a fan of Earl of Sandwich. I think the last couple times I went there, I didn't have anything that I really liked, but I had the BLT the last time. <laughs> they have a six dollar salad that you just can't beat. It's it's a meal all for one person, and for six bucks for a meal at or any place on Disney property is a good value. Cool. Thank you, Kevin. John. I have a couple. Uh, the first one is that the uh, resort airline uh, luggage check-in service that the hotels are offering uh, will now only accept one bag per person. And this is because of the increase in fees from the airlines so that they're charging for extra bags. So if you want to check more than one bag per person, you're going to have to take your bags to the airport and do that. Wow. Yeah. This is going to get serious. You're going to see... High, high cost for your luggage. Well, now. Americans now charging even for the first bag. It's crazy. And that, the thing on the new, the somebody on the news said yesterday, this is just testing the water. Yeah. If See it works if people, for them, everybody else will jump. Everybody on the will bandwagon. jump in. Yeah. People well, should you know, look into owner's locker. You know, with with all this, the fees of the bags and stuff. Store your vacation stuff while you're. Yeah, if you come back, yeah. if you come back regularly, yeah. There's also that service you mentioned, Kevin, where you can ship your stuff. That might be cheaper for people, too. I don't know. That's I, I was looking at the price of some of that stuff. That Depending on where you're coming from, boy, that's expensive. Oh, yeah. It's like an airline ticket expensive. You're not going to get away from it. That's just it. It's, now, uh, you know, and it's hard to fault the airlines for this. With, with gas being what it is now, the cost of jet fuel has gone up 60% in the last mm-hmm. year. We were talking to, to Kevin's mom about this, and she said she read an article that said cruising is still a um, a reasonable vacation for most people. It's still a cost-effective way to travel. And even though the, the fees for fuel is being passed on to the passengers, there's so many more passengers on a boat, so the per-person costs are being not as great right. as if you're on a plane. Who else are they going to get that re- retrieve that money from except for, you know, However many people they have on that plane. Where there could be 3,000 passengers as opposed to 300. Right. Wow. So let's hope that doesn't get much worse. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, Stormstruck, the tale of two homes, is coming to Epcot's Innoventions uh, this summer in August. This is brought uh, brought to us by the folks who want to do hurricane awareness um. Uh, teach people about hurricane awareness and the and the uh, materials you should use to build your house. This is going to be a 3D surround sound experience that reproduces the hurricane Hurricane Charlie. Mm, that'll be fun to go through again. Right. For those of us who lived it the first will it include, time. Will it include Walter <laughs> sitting on the porch during the middle of it? Yeah, and Corey trying to go out into it. I'm afraid he's going to be stabbed by a flying limb. Oh, yeah, that's what, that was Walter. He, he, had the, he had his folding chair out in the front, and he was sitting out there. It's fun. You know, stuff is like flying up the street. Trees are toppling over. I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, I've never been through one before. Oh, this is a, that's smart. <laughs> now it's going to be me huddled in the corner with the dog, watching yeah. the watching the TV that runs on batteries. <laughs> we, I went, I had to take the dog outside during the beginning of that before it really got here, and we went out the front door. So she could do her business, and our stop sign, which is right on the corner from our house, blew off the pole. We picked her up, and we went back inside and didn't go back out until oh, it yeah. was over. She could go in the house if you right. wanted to. Yeah, yeah. really. Go on the go. rug. Just go on the rug. Um, I blogged about this. Um, I feel that 
uh, 3D surround sound attraction is in poor taste. I understand teaching people about hurricane awareness and preparedness is important, but I don't think making an attraction out of it is the right thing to do. Mm. Especially given the fact that we still see um, stories of the effects of Katrina mm-hmm. and things like that. It's just not, it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. A lot of people felt that way when they opened up uh, Twister over at uh, Universal because that was uh, in the aftermath of some bad tornadoes down in Kissimmee. However, they delayed that for about eight months. Yeah, they did. they did. They did. Flying then, cows know, and everything. I was just going to say, once you saw that plastic cow go by, then you said, oh. <laughs> that attraction. Oh, my gosh. It's like somebody just strangle me now. Exactly. <laughs> Do you remember when that was the, um, the Ghostbusters attraction? Yes. I do, do. <laughs> yes. After you come out of Twister, you keep thinking to yourself, is, there, is that it? It's over? And We're done? Poor Bill Paxton or Pullman, which one is it? I can never Bill, Pax- <laughs> Bill Paxton. They're pretty much interchangeable. <laughs> he just is not excited to be doing that for them. <laughs> and you see Helen Hunt, and you, you know she wants to say, I won an Academy Award. Why am I doing this? <laughs> but... All right, I ha- you done, John? I'm done. Okay. Um, remember, uh, was it last month or the month before, Disney named their chief magical officer, uh, Justin McConey? Uh, turns out Justin is a dizzer, and he has started a thread on the theme parks board uh, where people can ask him. He's posting about his, uh, you know, his activities and, and his what he's doing and his experiences, and people can ask him questions, which I think is really, really cool. We're actually going to have Justin on the uh, show in the next couple of weeks, I hope. And uh, we're going to have a link to the thread on the podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com, which is where we have uh, links to everything we talk about on the show, the news stories, uh, our rapid-fire segments, and uh, anything else that we, uh, we discuss on the show. So I thought that was kind of cool that he was doing that. That is very cool. So, is he telling us how much he's making? <laughs> no, I don't, think he's, I don't think he shared that. Oh. I'm surprised Disney's letting him uh, post what he's posting. Yeah, but uh, good for him. Glad to have him. Uh, glad to have him on the boards. So, all right, that'll do it for our rapid fire segment this week. Uh, we're going to move on and have a discussion. We're going to start off talking uh, briefly, uh, Corey and I, about uh, the opening of The Simpsons last week when we got a chance to go to the uh, the press preview and. Uh, I'll tell you, I loved it. I thought they did a tremendous, tremendous job. I was really afraid that what they, you know, when I saw the uh, the outside going going up, what they were doing with the outside, I'm like, they're just gonna, they're just whitewashing Back to the Future. It's going to be Back to the Future, but just Simpsons. And that really wasn't the case. I mean, they did utilize the same building um, and the same general idea. You go into a room, you get into your car, the car lifts up out of the room and you see the the big screen. Um, But that's about it. That's about the only thing that's the same from when it was Back to the Future. The digital projection that they're using is unbelievably clear. It's almost like 3D without the glasses. You get the feeling like you're in Soren. You know how that big screen is in front of you and you just really can't tell where you are? Well, that's one of the other changes here is that this is a 180-degree screen now. So you really have, from all perspectives, that's all you're seeing is this... My favorite part of Back to the Future was turning around and looking at the other cars. <laughs> well, you see, I didn't see, Now, did you see any of the other I cars? I didn't even look. I was so focused on the movie itself. I didn't see any of the other cars, but I really wasn't looking for it either. I was concerned that it was going to be rough because Back to the Future was always, oh, my no. back to the future. Right. You know? Oh, my back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> my back to the future. <laughs> but it's, it was smooth. 
Yep. It was very smooth. Are the cars comfortable? Very. Okay. Because the Back to the Future cars, they weren't. It was like getting in the back seat of a Volkswagen. And it's um, funny. From start to finish, oh, yeah. it's funny. You're cracking up laughing, even in the queue area. You're- and you could never catch all of the jokes and references on, on, in, one, in one ride. You have to go back and ride it multiple times. Oh, yeah. They poke fun at Disney. They poke fun at SeaWorld. They poke fun at themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a lot of inside jokes in there, and they did a, a tremendous, a, a lot better than I thought they were going to do. And I, you know, after seeing uh, what they did with Earthquake when they turned Earthquake into disaster, and I wasn't all that impressed with that. Although the that initial technology when you first walked into disaster is really cool, the rest of the ride is basically just Earthquake revisited. Um, this was something entirely different, and they did a great job with it. I think they're going to have a big hit on their hands. And I can tell you folks now, the lines for that are going to be obscene. Now, how's the queue? Was the queue handle a lot of people? Uh, Well, yeah, because it's the same, pretty much the same queue as uh, Back to the Future. But what they did was, uh, you know, you've got, you know, in in the downstairs outside waiting area, you've got the screen showing different Simpsons stuff. But when you get upstairs where you're waiting to get assigned to your, your room where you get into your car, they have, like, all these, like, carnival kiosks along the wall with these high-def television screens in them. And you have different Simpsons characters doing different stuff in each of the kiosks. It was really cool. It was really cool and very funny. And people were really – it was really engaging. It was really, really engaging. I thought. Do you think people who are not Simpsons fans will enjoy it? See, well, I, look, I don't consider myself a, Sim- a Simpsons fan. I don't hate the Simpsons. I fell asleep during the movie uh, this, last summer. Um, not that it was bad. It just I, I don't, you know, I, I like Family Guy. I'm not a Simpsons guy, a Simpsons fan so much. I like Family Guy. Uh, and I thought it was hysterical. I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, the entire thing is like uh, you're in Krusty Land, built by Krusty the Clown. Inside show Bob is loose. He's loose from prison. And he's, he wants to get even with uh, Krusty and the Simpsons. Yeah. Is Sideshow Bob played by Kelsey Grammer? You know, in listening to the voice, it didn't sound like Kelsey Grammer to me. It sounded like it was someone else, but I'm not 100% sure on that. They probably did this before the, his new show failed. Uh, or else he would have been there in a heartbeat. Yeah, right? But it was, it was really, really well done. I give them very high marks for it. And this is one of those attractions where if you want to get on it and not wait two hours in line, you're going to have to get a hotel room on property and get the fast pass that comes with your, your, your room key. Or buy the... Uh, the day-long fast pass that they sell for what is it you know ranges about forty dollars per person. Did not they sure have? Uh, did they have single riders line? Did you notice? I did not notice. I did How not notice. This was for the press event, so we kind of just went right yeah. off the side. So yeah, we, we were really... we were right next to uh, Joey Fatone. And uh, as John said when I mentioned that to him, well, Joey Fatone will show up for the opening of an envelope. <laughs> he is getting some mileage out of that. He's everywhere. He is everywhere. But he's a really nice guy. i got to tell you what. met him. And, he's and really he looks nice. incredible. Ever since he's done Dance with the star- Stars, he's, yeah. <laughs> That's your neighbor cutting his grass. My neighbor's cutting his grass. <laughs> That's not a sound effect. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Looking in through the window. Neither is this. <laughs> <laughs> Just winged him. <laughs> Oh, good. So, I mean, you know, we always love new stuff. We just love new stuff here, and it's just it's good for us to have 
more new stuff brings people this back. is a great yeah. partnership i think between universal and fox uh for the simpsons and they really did a great job with it this will this will have a this will have impact for a long time this will be a good ride for a long time i don't think it's gonna uh i don't think it's gonna get too old really um just like i said the digital projection alone is just stunning it is and you know those digital projections they don't wear over time they're not going to get mm. old and crusty not, <laughs> no pun intended as as time goes on so like the video in the earthquake attraction yeah exactly <laughs> it's grainy <laughs> skipping you know, well <laughs> you start to see the bubbles in it you were talking about the digital project, projection being um really crisp and clean we went to the great movie ride recently and that movie they show while you're standing in line where they show the video clips from several movies that needs to be redone oh oh yeah it's like a 1930s movie it's a newsreel yeah yeah, it's in really bad shape and you know the the kids and they don't know who the actors are yeah you know the movie at the end when you pull in and they show all the clips from all the classics well, Disney has decided to insert their own classics, quote-unquote, so it's got, like, Shakespeare and love in there and stuff, and you think, oh, that's just wrong. Yeah, really. They've got scenes from Singing in the Rain and The Wizard of Oz, and then they've got Good Morning Vietnam, which, in and of its time, was a good movie, but it just doesn't fit into that... That genre of classic, no. Yeah. It's weird. So, now, the same day that they were uh, doing the grand opening of The Simpsons, they were also doing the grand opening of Toy Story Mania. We went to an annual pass holder preview, and we actually went on the wrong day. Uh, we went the shut day up. Before. Where's that shut up? <laughs> I don't have shut up programmed in yet. Oh, yeah. We went the wrong day, but it was okay. We had dinner at the Brown Derby, and how bad can that be, right? I thought they were starting on Friday, and we slept our... Don't you know nothing? <laughs> <laughs> he is really here in the room. But I have that one there. Apparently I don't, and I thought it was on Friday, and we... Went to MGM. Oh, so I consider, I'm sorry. I consider this the revenge of Bob. There you go. That's what this is for, so that Bob can get his digs in on us. Exactly. And eventually, you'll expand the Bob. Oh yes. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, if you folks have like favorite Bobisms you want to send me, just clip them and send them in, and I'll, uh, you know, if, the, if I like them, I'll put them on here. <laughs> That'll help me because the thought of going back and listening through all the shows for all the different Bobisms it'll take forever. So we went to the preview, and it was, they told us, first of all, you had to show your annual pass and a photo ID, which was kind of, I thought that was stronger than they had usually done it. Usually, as long as you had an annual pass, you were just allowed to go through. When we went to see Expedition Everest, all you had to have was your annual pass. And we waited in line, and they told us it was going to be about an hour, and when you're outside, the queue doesn't look bad at all, and then you get inside. And you realize that for every person that's outside, there's 20 inside. The queue is mostly indoors. Oh, okay. Uh, As you enter, you immediately are shrunk down. You are the size of a toy. You walk into Andy's bedroom, and the first thing you see is you look at the baseboard at the bottom of the wall, and there's a nightlight. And the nightlight is probably six feet tall, and the baseboard is up over your head, so you've been shrunk down. And as you go further into the queue, you're uh, going under Andy's bed, where all the toys are kept. Wow. It's very cool. Uh, It's going to appeal to kids, I think, because, I mean, you walk along the floor, and you're in Candyland. And I think it's going to appeal to adults who think, wow, I remember that. I the, had that exact same thing. The nostalgia mm-hmm. end of it was very 
very uh, obvious. There was a lot of people in line who were saying things like, oh, look at that. I had those as a kid. And they, um, and they used classic toys and games. It was things that, you know, have been around for years and years and years. Remember the barrel of monkeys where you picked up the monkeys? Oh, yeah. They're strung across the street out in front of it. And once you get inside, there's more of them inside climbing poles and things like that. So it was pretty cool. Uh, There's an amazing animatronic, audio animatronic, at one end of the queue area. It's Mr. Potato Head. Mm. And the day we were there, Mr. Potato Head, you know when you go into the drugstores at Christmas time and they have the Rockin' Santa and (laughs) they have the test me button? Mm -hmm. Well, Mr. Potato Head is a carnival barker and he's in one of those boxes. I mean, he's huge, but he's in one of those boxes. There's even a try me button. Hmm. And... At the time we were there, he was kind of pre-programmed. He would talk to certain people, but for the most part, it was kind of this canned routine. Apparently, he's going to be like Crush. At Turtle Talk with Crush, he's going to interact with people in line on a more regular basis. He only did it occasionally while we were there. However, he's all animatronic. However, his eyes are projection, so they're very animated. Wow. He blinks and looks around. He's really kind of cool. The other thing that really amazed us were his his lips. His lips look human. They're very, I mean, they're three feet across, but they're very, very animated and very lifelike. It's like Joan Collins' lips. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa Remy or whatever her name is. Lisa oh, Rina. Lisa Rinna, yeah. You were getting her and Leah Rimini mixed up. Was I know. Yeah. <laughs> And I have no idea who you're talking Bill about. Bill Palmer and Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> She's married to Harry Hamlin. Don't you know nothing? <laughs> um, one of the cool things he does is he's got full range of, range of motion, but at one point he'll pull his ear out because he's Mr. Potato Head and his stuff comes out. So very, very cool. Very well done. Top of the line animatronic. Yeah. Then there's a little more of a queue. You pick up your 3D glasses, and there's a little more of a queue. This is where it's kind of odd. You have to climb, I would say, two flights of stairs. It's like 12 stairs, then there's a landing, and then there's 12 more stairs. Which, to me, just seems really strange in a queue to have to go upstairs. So you go upstairs, you climb, climb, climb. There's a little bit of a queue upstairs, and then you start to go down to the boat, to the, um, boat, to the ride vehicle loading area. And I guess this whole thing is so that the vehicles can go underneath the stairway. No, it is handicapped accessible. You just have to kind of watch for it. While we were there, there wasn't a cast member there, but we did see the elevators and the ramp that you can bypass those stairs if that's an issue. You, you see, you're seated in a car, very similar to Buzz Lightyear, except two people will face forward and two people will face backwards. I would, you, you know that when you get on a, a carousel and they have the horses, but they also have that bench seat? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of one of those bench seats if they were put back to back. It's not like your back is right up against the other person. There's a wall between you. A, a tall wall that's up above your head. Right. And then you each, everybody has a cannon in front of them that they shoot. And once the ride starts, the 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 uh, ride vehicles spin and will place you in front of your targeting areas. So no one ever really rides backwards except through the loading and unloading area. Gotcha. So I don't want anybody to ever think, oh, I don't want to be in the back seat. Before you actually go into the game area, there's uh, an instructional area where they explain to you how the cannon works. Now, we took videos. Oh, my gosh. We took pictures. <laughs> we didn't stretch before today's show. So. <laughs> it's been a while since we talked, apparently. We'll play that again. 
pig doot or something. Exactly. We took pitios. Um, we took pictures of the the cannons and how they worked. It's a pull string, but it's short enough of a string that you can get your fingers behind it. And if you're kind of practice with it, you can go pretty fast. But you do have to let it retract each time you want to shoot something. This is where a lot of people are sort of losing the, the idea of what's going on. It's not a gun. There's not a trigger. You pull the string back, it retracts right away, and as it retracts into the cannon, that's when the 3D thing comes out of your cannon and shoots the targets. It is extremely clever. This is possibly one of the, the coolest um, 3D interactive things we've seen in a really long time. My score will be zero. <laughs> you know, you would think it would be, but it's one of those things where I think they've got such a great um, array of stuff that you'll get at least something. You know, at Disney Quest, when you uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, mm-hmm. when you shoot the the ship, th- I think that has the same sort it's of three uh, D. You, you pull it. Now, what happens is there's two screens, and the people on each side of the cart, the cart turns sideways. Now, for those of you who are concerned about the fact that this is going to be a spinning thing, I can compare it similarly to uh, Men in Black. However, it's not that that. Turbulent, Violent. Yeah, you spin, but I think even people who are kind of leery about it will be okay with it. There's not a lot of spinning involved. And then what happens is you go down these corridors where there are scenes on both sides, and they're 3D animated screens that you're shooting at. So there's one in front of you and one behind you, so that each the way each the card is facing, everybody has an opportunity to shoot at a screen. And each area is, is sort of a carnival area, and you depending on what you're shooting at is what comes out of your cannon. At one point, it's rings, and you have to get the rings around the aliens. Another point, it's... Um, cream pies. Cream pies you got to shoot somebody with. There's arrows, and it's also done in a 4D. So if you get to an area where there's balloons that are popping, you feel the air of the balloons popping. Oh, that's too. cool. And there's a th- uh, one of the things that splashes, so you get spritzed with water. They, they show you your... Uh, ongoing score inside the car and then you get to before you finish you get to like a scoring area where they show you your score and stuff so very well done i mean this is this is buzz lightyear and spider-man combined wow this is it's incredible the other thing is i think it's going to take multiple rides i mean the first time we wrote it the only time we wrote it you were trying to figure out how the gun worked and how the screen worked and where your score was it's one of those things that if you went back on it a second time, you could focus more on what you were doing mm-hmm. as opposed to how you were doing it. The other thing is I'm colorblind, and I my score was kind of low. And I realized that I didn't – I thought my mechanism wasn't working. Come to find out, I didn't realize which color my – because the items that you're shooting are color – Coordinated. His would be green, mine would be yellow. And I said to him, were you only aiming the yellow things? And he said, yellow. <laughs> they were different colors. <laughs> so if you have problems with color, you might have a little difficulty. I mean, I still got a score. It just wasn't yeah. as high as John's. So that could be attributed to a bunch of stuff. But we're always concerned about new rides if we're going to fit. How are we going to fit? Are we going to be comfortable? Very, very comfortable ride. Easy to get into and out of. We sat side by side with no issue. The only problem we had was the depth of it was very short. So it was uncomfortable on our legs. We couldn't really be fully stretched out. It was kind of like our knees touched the back of the um, ride vehicle. Now, there is a, a lap bar, but the lap bar is fully adjustable. So you can pull it. Julie and I could ride next to each other. It's independent and adjustable. We right? wouldn't have to use the same lap bar. Hmm. 
and it'll go as far back or as far forward. Yeah, that was one of the uh, complaints I had about uh, uh, the Simpsons. Simpsons was that it's one lap bar for four people. So you get me in there. And you get me sitting next to Julie. Poor Julie's going to be She's going like, flying. Yeah. <laughs> that was terrible. holding on for dear life. That's how Tower Terry used to be. And I'd get in the thing, and people would have like 16 feet of clearance <laughs> yeah. between them and the ride yeah. bar. I rode with my father one time, and he levitated. Me too. <laughs> That's, it's, I mean, even with Corey, it has to, you know, it's not as close. I remember always my butt coming up off the seat. <laughs> Well, in this one, you'd have your own lap bar, and it's fully adjustable. So you would. Yeah, it's not even that as if you need it. It's not that violent. So, very cool ride. Cool addition to Hollywood Studios. The street that it's on has been themed for Pixar. So there's. It looks like it's Pixar Studios. Oh, street. that's cool. You had been out in Disneyland and got some insider information. Mm-hmm. I believe you talked to someone about who said there's another attraction coming. Yeah. And it looks like they might be putting that in right across from this. You can see where they're building a building for something. Mm-hmm. Cool. The door ride. Yeah, the door ride from Monsters, Inc. Yep. So I think that's going to come true. Hmm. I, we don't have that. That's not fact. Right. We're guessing there. That's cool, though. So we got two new rides and two, uh, two great reviews. That's I love competition. Is we're the ones we're the ones who end up uh, benefiting from it. Benefiting from it. So good. That's great. Also, want to say one more thing about this ride. There's no height and no ri- and no age restrictions at all. You oh, can that's... even take a baby on this ride. Really? Mm-hmm. If the if you want to hold the baby, obviously you couldn't sit in the seat. But if you hold the baby, <laughs> you're really <laughs> trying to shoot. Um, you can take an infant on this ride. And it's smooth enough where the infant won't get hurt, and it's also not loud or violent where you have to worry about any of that. There's really nothing scary about this. So, I, I, I mean, uh, if there's a child who's afraid of the dark, you do go through some spaces that are a little dark, but I don't think this is going to frighten the majority of people. Cool. Great. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, now, Kevin, you uh, had a chance to go check out the... Uh, what is it called? The sand. <laughs> Don't you know sand? nothing? <laughs> Hold on. Don't you know nothing? There you go. Uh, we the, had been uh, given some sand inf- trap. The sand trap bar and grill. We had been given some information that this was a hidden gem, and we're always looking for one of those. What's the next? Where can I point people in the right direction? We had been told that this is a hidden gem on Disney property, and most people don't know about it. Most people have never been there. So John and I went. Searching. This is at the Osprey Ridge Golf Club. It is adjacent to Fort Wilderness. If you're coming from the Magic Kingdom area, it's on the same side of the street as Fort Wilderness. After you pass Fort Wilderness, it's on the left, and it says Osprey Ridge out in front. But there are several large silver golf tees. As you drive back in towards the golf club, you drive through some absolutely beautiful landscaping. There's a little pond off to the side. It's hard to believe that you're minutes from the Magic Kingdom. You really feel like you're out in the countryside. It's a total escape from where you've been. Uh, As you approach the actual building itself, the building has a very 90s look to it, and it's pretty nondescript. Again, there are those silver golf tees out in front that are out on the road. Other than that, there's just no real discernible feature about the building. Uh, The parking lot is at the bottom of a small rise. I mean, the the building sits on top of a knoll. And as you approach, it says Sand Trap Bar and Lounge on the door. And when you go in, there's a sitting area. There's some nice 
furniture in the lobby. And there's a ladies' locker room and a men's locker room. And you have two choices. There's a uh, store selling very expensive Disney golf clothes. <laughs> and there's the Sand Trap Bar and Grill. As you approach the Sand Trap Bar and Grill, there's a small sign outside that says, Please seat yourself. So I think the thing that was a surprise to us was that this is not like any other Disney experience. Um, this is not going to be a bad review. It, it's just, it's, if you're looking for a Disney experience, this isn't it. You don't need an ADR. You don't have to make a reservation. There's no dress code. There's no wait. And we just walked in and sat ourselves. And the, the restaurant itself... There's a long bar along one side, and the other side is uh, these beautiful picture windows overlooking a lake and the golf course. So it's really nice scenery, but there's nothing Disney about it. Other than the fact that the people wear recognizable Disney name tags, mm. there's nothing else to tell you you're at Disney. There's no theming. It's sort of 1980s, 1990s fern bar. It's... Bent wood furniture and uh, mar or green marble counter tabletops. It's it, it looks a little dated. It looks a little dated. So we sat down at the table. We chose a table facing the window because it's the nicest view. And we waited. And we waited. <laughs> and we waited. Now everybody in the place was wearing golf attire. John and I were the only ones not wearing black and white saddle shoes. <laughs> we walked in with our big dog clothes on <laughs> and sneakers. Uh, finally, some man came over, and again, he was dressed in golf attire but had on his Disney name tag, and he said, what'll, what'll it be? And we just sort of looked at him. I said, do you have menus? And he said, no one gave you a menu? And I thought, nope. No one's even talked to us. So he, without saying anything, he walked away, and he brought us back a menu. And he said, all right, here, and left again. Now, th I, I don't want to make this sound worse than it was. I'm not complaining about this. However, this is, the, this is an experience that you would get in any restaurant anywhere. I mean, this is just, it's just not a Disney experience. There's none of the, hi, how are you? Are you having a good time? What can I get you? I'm glad you're here. There's just none of that. You're in a restaurant in a generic restaurant in any place USA. Except you're looking at a golf course. When uh, looking over the menu, there's six appetizers. They range in price from eight forty nine for chicken wings to three forty nine for a bucket of fries. We tried the soup of the day at five forty nine. It was a cream of tomato bisque. It really wasn't. It was a tomato soup with a lot of garlic in it, and it wasn't bad tomato soup, but it was just. In my opinion, it was Campbell's tomato soup with garlic in it. Possibilities. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we also ordered a chicken wing um, in mild because John is a wuss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right there with you. And they came out, and again, they weren't bad. However, there was nothing noteworthy about them. They're chicken wings that you could get in any restaurant you walk into across the country. This is just an ordinary menu. There are probably 12 sandwiches. They range, they're about $10 a piece. Some of them are a little higher. The barbecued pork sandwich is $10.49. And there's a Cobb salad, which is $11.99. But there's, 
Yeah, 12 entrees. I ordered the Reuben. The Reuben is nine ninety nine, and it comes with fries. And John decided to try the barbecue pork sandwich. They're both okay. I got a Reuben and fries. It was just sitting on a plate. There is nothing fancy about it. And John got a barbecue pork sandwich. Now, I realize that people think that I'm a food snob. I'm not. This was serviceable food. However... It's on Disney property, so you're constantly waiting for that Disney experience. There's no theming on the menu. There's no theming in the restaurant. It's just a restaurant. Just a golf restaurant, a golf course restaurant. Exactly. And our check, uh, we also tried a dessert. We tried a chocolate cake. And it was a dense, kind of dry chocolate cake with really good frosting. Lunch for the two of us was about $48. They do take the Disney dining experience, and we did order some extra stuff. We ordered probably more than if we were just going out to lunch. This is not a hidden gem. This is really out of the way, and unless you're one of those people who want to see as much of Disney property as you possibly can, and you've been to all of the theme parks and all of the water parks, and you've been to downtown Disney, and you're looking to see something that you've never seen before... This is kind of out of the way and not worth your time. It's probably more of a convenience for the golf players. Exactly. It's, it's, also, it's yeah. probably why service isn't all that great. Get in, get out, get your food. You know what it felt like? The course. It, it felt like you were in someone's hometown club. Like, we felt like everyone else there knew what they were doing except for us. Like, we were the outsiders. So it had that feel to it. It was on a golf course. Of course, you were the outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> service is definitely an afterthought. I mean, you had a, if you wanted a refill, you had to flag someone down. Uh, please don't misconstrue this as negativity. It's not. It's just not a Disney experience. The, a couple of pluses about this is that, first of all, um, you don't need uh, um, park admission to get there. So if it's something you want to do, you can easily just drive to the golf course and do it. There's no security gate, so it's not like you have to go there and explain, I'm here for lunch or anything like that. It's very easy to get into and out of. Tell them about the cool thing on the table. I thought that was neat. There is a cool little thing, a thing that holds the salt and peppers. It's um, like a little golf green, and it sits up off the table a little bit, and the, the salt and pepper shakers look like golf balls that sit on it, and there's a little flag that sticks up out of it. One of the cool things about the Sand Trap Bar and Grill is it's a free Wi-Fi spot. No, oh. there's no charge for it. It worked really well on my iPhone. You don't have to sign into it. It's not a Disney Wi-Fi spot. It's just Wi-Fi. Cool. Uh, again, there's out, outside the window. There's a nice veranda. So if you're looking to have a cocktail in a nice setting, this would be a nice place. But my feeling is, it's if you're here, and again, unless you're one of those people who want to see every inch of Disney property that's available for you to see. You're probably spending a lot of money to have that Disney experience, and this is a step out of that. This is a step back into real life filled with golfers, and I'm not a golfer. I have nothing against golfers. I don't have black and white saddle shoes, but it's... Oh, yes, you do. Well, I... You Mary Jane a long outfit. time ago. A long time ago, I did. Um, you're just stepping out of that he Disney... He had saddle shoes and pigtails when he went to school. And a poodle skirt. Um... <laughs> You're spending a lot of money to be here and enjoy the Disney experience. This is a step back to your hometown. You could have this Reuben any place you go in the United States. It's not worth your time and effort to get here. There's nothing on the menu that would draw you here to have that experience. So 
it's not the hidden gem I thought it would be. It was nice. It was okay. It was there was nothing bad to say about it. But the the location is beautiful. The view from the restaurant is absolutely stunning. You're on a small lake. There's a little bridge going over the lake. You see the 18th green. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Except it is now the back end of where they're building that multi-million dollar home. And Four Seasons oh, Resort. Yeah. Four Seasons Resort. So you see a construction site. Right. So just mm-hmm. beyond all this prettiness is a green wall and land that's being I don't flying. know if I'm explaining this right. My feeling is if you're going to pay money to fly here from someplace else in the country, go enjoy the Disney stuff. Yeah. Now, we happen to hear from someone on the boards who said he loves it. It's one of his places he loves to go. But I think that he's the type of person who likes that... Um, I've seen something different than not everybody else. Well, that's sees. what I was trying to say. If you're one of those people who's going to get a kick out of seeing something that most people at Disney don't see, the other thing reason I would tell you to go here is if you're looking to get away from the kind of madness that ensues in the park, you're looking for something a little quieter. It's right there and available to you. Those are the reasons to go. Or you're desperate for a Reuben. <laughs> well, so a kind of mediocre review, I guess we could call that. <laughs> kind of. Eh. It was, uh, uh, again, it's not bad, just it's not a Disney experience, and most people are paying to come here for that experience. Kevin mentioned in his rapid fire that we went to Wolfgang Puck's Express, and for a little bit more money, for four people, we had an incredible meal. Right. There were four of us. Now, both places take the Disney dining experience. With John and I, it was $46 for lunch. With four of us having dinner, and our table was full. With the Disney dining experience, it was 66. We got to sit and watch the people, the kids play all over the park. It was you're in downtown Disney. There was a lot of sensory. You're having a Disney experience. This is lunch in a golf club. And again, the food at Wolfgang Puck was 100 times better. Right. I agree. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your review, Kevin. Thanks, everybody, for the show. And we are going to end it there, and we will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.